Daniel, we're halfway, 60% through this movie. How are you feeling? Did you get up, take a break? Did you bash your head through a wall? No, I, I didn't take a break. There definitely were parts maybe where I, I checked out and was like playing games on my phone while it was going on in the background. And, and oh, I was like, what oh, games? oh, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I was, I was doing a little wordle. Oh, okay, nice. Doing, uh, then I did some uh, like single player Yahtzee, where you basically just a dice rolling game on your phone by yeah. yourself, huh? You by roll yourself. dice by yourself, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, get a good shake of the dice, huh? Very nice, man. Look, hey, that's, that's exactly all do how it. I shake my dice, John. I guess we all do it. <laughs> what's your, what's your go to word for the wordle? Uh, root. Penis. Root. Root. Yeah. Like with two O's? No, R O U T E. Nice. Oh, that's good. That's a lot of vowels. Yeah, I like that. That's solid. What was today's? <laughs> so I'm not going to spoil it. Margarita. No, no, no. Well, I, I watched it in the middle of the afternoon. The midnight margarita thing was so weird. What is up, Real Critics? It is Jose here, as always, and you're listening to Everyone's a Real Critic. This is the podcast where John Wolf and I take a look at movies that have at least a 20% difference between the audience and the critic scores on Rotten Tomatoes. We'll break down the movie, give you some audience and critic reviews, and we'll wrap it all up with the overall real ranking. But remember that at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because everyone's a real critic. So... Let's get into it. I am joined, as always, with John Wolf, but not just John Wolf. Today we are joined by one of our friends from the Drafted Pod, the pod where Daniel and Preston, well, they draft stuff. Daniel, welcome to EARC. How you doing, dude? I am good, Jose. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's great to meet you, by the way. John and I, we go we go way, way, way back, don't we, John? So back. <laughs> John B and I, B, as they call it, B. yeah. John and I, uh, I think, John, had you done a podcast before the Sports Interns podcast? No, that was my foray into yeah. to podcasting with you. Yeah, yeah. Both both of our our uh, our rookie podcasts. You can you can dig them up somewhere if you want to hear, uh, like twenty one year old uh, me and John. Those 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 are pretty good pods, I have to say. Yeah, it was it wasn't oh, okay. bad. It wasn't bad. Yeah, well, if you had to draft it, if you had to draft it on uh, your podcast of, let's say, I don't know the best podcast to lay alone in your bed or the best podcast to have midnight margaritas to. Oh, I see what podcast. you did there, John. I see what you did there. Probably yeah. Not. I, I, uh, I kind of just want to get right into this movie because I, I watched it yesterday. Uh, John, John gave me homework. I've, I've had John on a couple times on drafted pod, which you should check out. Uh, if you have not already, we've not had Jose on yet. This is my first time meeting Jose though. So I feel like, you know, now we can have him on. It won't be, it won't be weird. Um, yeah, that'd be fun. But I, I've never given John any homework to come on my podcast. John to come on his, I, I had to watch a whole movie that I've never seen before. So I did that <laughs> yesterday. Uh, and I had immediately just a lot of thoughts about it. So I, it, I think it's going to be a perfect movie for, for this show. Well, oh, I, I cannot wait to hear. Yeah, I can't wait to get into it. I mean, it, it's it's an interesting movie because we're sort of starting to to get into fall. For those that listen, we just ended hot blockbuster summer, so I just spent Ooh. the last week crying. Boy, um, was it I hot. remembered it was hot. It still is. 
And then I remembered, you know, it, it's fall time and we're getting into fall, not as early as Starbucks and Marshalls. They still beat us to it. Uh, but there's so much to love about fall, Daniel, Jose, the pumpkin spice, the cool weather, the flannels, the leaves changing colors, football. I mean, fall is easily a top four season for me. Um, but just like fall, you mentioned it, man. There's there's so much to love about this movie. Sandra Bullock, Nicole Kidman, Fun Witches, Chocolate Cake for Breakfast, Chocolate Love So Strong. <laughs> love So Strong, It Cures Life, um, and Exorcism. It has everything you love. You know what I'm saying? But uh, can, I, can I just say that John saying fall is a top four season might be the most John joke of all time? <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it, man. I'm, I'm glad you're here to spell them out because... <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes they just fly right over people's heads, but we're in people's heads now. So um, if you couldn't guess it by now, you've probably guessed it. We're going to be talking about the 1998 genre-spanning hit Practical Magic, which got a 23% critic score and a 73% from the audience. Fellas, look out for those death-ticking beetles. And everyone, as I mentioned, grab your midnight margaritas before we get into Practical Magic, we're going to get into our favorite segment here at EARC. A little bit more homework for Daniel, too, that he wasn't expecting. We're getting into the segment where we pitch to the people what's really good or really bad and what you watch it. Oh, this this is more of a pop quiz than homework, really. Yeah, it is. Right, so who wants to start here? I mean, Daniel, we probably shouldn't put you on the spot. I think we should go with John first. Uh, me first? Yeah, yes. John. Yes, first. maybe you know, we should go first. I, I always want Daniel. Well, Daniel, are you familiar with our segment? Basically, here we just <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah the you asked ask what we've been watching, right? Should we continue? Yeah, to what have you been watching? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I I can answer. Okay, I can answer. No problem. Um, first though, I want to ask. Where do you guys get your music? That's an excellent question, Daniel. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> if you like our music and uh, anyone else who's been wondering where we get our music, we get it from our friend Nick. Uh, oh, really? At Neon Nightclub. So if you love his music, you love what we got going on here at the pod, follow at Neon Nightclub. You can get shirts. You can get swag. You can listen to his latest albums. They're all bangers. Highly suggest it. Is he actually your friend or are you just like doing a bit right now? No, he's actually our friend. He was uh, We had him on for the Ghostbusters pod, um, Ghostbusters Afterlife, I want to say. So go yeah. back and listen. Uh, Sarasi was actually our teacher, our video production teacher in high school. And wow. So Legit the, bangers. The, the yeah. music. Yes. I don't know about the rest of the show, boys, but the music <laughs> is really yeah, good. Yeah, the music is top tier. That's that's for sure. Uh, yeah. He definitely knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's and good. yeah, you can find him on Spotify, Apple Music. He's on he's on all of it. He's le- he's legit. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm glad I asked. I thought it was going to be like, you know, from some, you know, unlicensed music website or something. But that, that was a much better answer than anticipated. Uh, so I, uh, I, uh, I don't watch much. Honestly, I watch like conventional media. I spend a lot of time watching Twitch. Uh, I stream on Twitch. You can follow me at dap underscore sauce if that's kind of your thing. But I was just spend a lot of time like hanging out on Twitch too. That's kind of my my new like thing to watch. I know that's like. So, very what are some modern. of your uh, favorite Twitch streamers? Yeah, hit us with it. 
So, so they're all like going to be smaller streamers. I, I, I'm not big into the like watching massive streamers that have 20,000 people in chat or whatever. Um, because to me, it's like, it's like the fun is feeling like you're hanging out with someone rather than, um, you know, just like watching someone play a video game or whatever. Uh, so mm-hmm. some of the people that I really like hanging out with the most are, um, uh, kind of very fitting for this movie. Uh, all the spookies, all one word, all the spookies. She plays a lot of, uh, like kind of sp- spooky games as the name might, uh, entail. Uh, but it's like very fun, very bubbly and sweet and, and kind of like just has good reactions to spooky, scary things. Uh, wayward son with two underscores after the wayward son is another guy who plays a lot of the like horror, scary movie games, which like when I was watching, uh, this practical, uh, Practical Magic. We've we've revealed what the movie is, right? It's not a secret. Yeah, anymore. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, when I was watching Practical Magic, I, I thought of both of them because uh, I feel like it's kind of right up right up their alley. Now that this movie is like super scary, but it has like you know those those themes. I guess it's got the Halloween thematic thing going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's big spooky candles on the poster. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have to talk about the poster, right? We I don't want to jump. I don't want to jump again, but we have to talk about the poster. We are we jumping the gun a little bit, but. But we will. We'll talk about the poster. Uh, John, what have you been watching real quick? <laughs> um, other than Daniel on Twitch, uh, I also – old is it Daniel? You go by Dap, Dap Sauce? Dap, yeah. Everyone calls me Did Dap. Also call you Dap Sexy Sauce Kitten. No, no. Call me Daniel on the pod for sure. The love okay. of my life. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I've been watching C uh, on Apple TV+. Plus. Have you, have you guys heard of this movie? Can you spell C for me? Sure. Uh, S-E-E-C. I don't know. I'm not, Can you use it in a sentence? It. Yes. Um, I see. Country, country of origin, please. <laughs> Can't give you that one, unfortunately. <laughs> I would love to make it up for you. But, uh, That's the, I, that starts Jason Momoa, right? It does star Jason Momoa. Mm, okay, I have heard of it. He's excellent in it because he's actually acting. Not to say what he's doing in Aquaman and others isn't acting. Um, but he, he's not just a macho <laughs> superhero guy in this show. Um I started watching it when it first came out, and I don't think I gave it its due justice. You know what I mean? I think the premise of the show, I'm guessing since you guys don't know, some virus hit the world and totally wiped out everyone's ability to see. So everyone is blind. And so they pretty much rebuild the world as blind people. And then there are a select few folks that have the ability to see, and they're kind of seen as the devil in this situation. And so um, it's just incredible, the world building, having to write a bunch of blind people to do stuff and go on quests and get stuff done and politics of being blind versus not. It's in, it's just incredible to sort of see all of that come together, no pun intended. Um, maybe it was. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Real nice, John. Thank you. But there's great over there. Good action. The story does take time. Season one, it's a little slow because they're building up a bunch of stuff that blind people are doing. Uh, but it was <laughs> <laughs> it takes them a little longer. They're just kind of feeling around the whole time. <laughs> oh my god! First two episodes, Jason was on his knees. <laughs> Shout out to all my blind kings and queens out there. Love you. No, uh, it's funny. My dad loves this show, John, and he's been trying to get me to watch it for so long. So I've only seen the first like two or three episodes. Hey, great minds. Yeah, it's a slow burn. It's a slow burn. That's for sure. Um, Speaking of slow burns, both of the shows that I'm watching right now have some very uh, slow starts to them. 
I'm watching House of the Dragon and Rings of Power. Mm. So, did you guys watch the old dragon show? I do, and I will. The old, I, the old I, Game of Thrones. I don't think it's slow burn at all. I think House of Dragon is moving, baby. That's what I like. Now that when I got to episode three, I was happy that they're doing like time jumps. They're not taking. They're not like going at the same pace as Game of Thrones, so it feels a lot faster, a lot smoother. And uh, frankly, like episode two was boring, and it's the same show. Like people just vying for the throne once again. But episode three had a really fun action scene that really cemented it for me. So I think I'm just a sucker for high fantasy because Rings of Power is also hitting that for me right now. And uh, they managed to capture like the atmosphere of the original trilogy. You know, it's not like that gross CGI from the Hobbit prequels. Uh, so I'm game. And But I have no idea what's going on and I'm still okay with it. So okay. we'll see what happens. All right. I love <laughs> we'll see it. see what happens. I'm excited about where these are going. So these are two big world building expansive expensive shows that are on competing streaming services if you had to pick which one is winning the fight right now which one is winning the throne which one would it be i feel like house of the house of the dragons probably getting more it's getting it done right now yeah hot d yeah there's all this negative press right now about rings of power because people are mad that there's like black elves in it which is insane <laughs> because who cares why is that bad that's the that's the question isn't it john am i about to get canceled <laughs> <laughs> i think i think I, you're already canceled from all the ridiculous things about blind people i think <laughs> you're already fine uh, well if i've made it this far <laughs> if you're still with us <laughs> keep hanging in there cuz uh, we're about to talk a little practical magic yeah <laughs> We should just get into the poster. First. Yeah, I think we got to go poster <laughs> talk right here. Yeah. Daniel Spirit. I uh, so I had I had heard of this movie, and I guess was like quasi aware of its existence uh, before watching it. The trailer really just is so off base with what the movie <laughs> you is. Did your I homework. think you really did your homework. Like. I, I just, I just, when when you look at like when you look at the poster, I want to. What do you? I mean, I don't want to host your own show, but like, what do you guys think the movie's going to be when you see this poster? No, please host. So it. I had no idea what this movie was, and the only reason that we even thought to pick this was because for some reason the poster gave me like fall vibes. You know, it has the candles. Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock are kind of like in the shadows, kind of. But I, I but I had no idea what this movie was about. So my my impression was that it was going to be about two lesbian witches, Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman, going around like committing witch murder. Is like the the vibe, like like that in, in like so a very dark and creepy way. <laughs> uh, is like the vibe of the poster. It's very weird, and, and 
I think honestly, in that way, and the way that the poster is like completely non-representative of what the movie is going to be, it's actually very fitting because I think the big thing for me is that this movie like cannot settle on a tone. Absolutely. And not ever find like what kind of movie it wants to be. And so the fact that the poster is just like a completely like a poster for a completely different type of movie than it actually is, I think is actually kind of bang on. It's very vague. I think maybe you bring you bring your your conceptions onto the poster because it's literally just two women. Two women with, but they, but they both have like it's it's like it's it's two two women, right? It's Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman, but like with like the, the very bright light and very dark around them, and they both kind of have like the sexy eyes going on. Uh huh. You know, it kind of reminds me of like Basic Instinct. You know, like yes, maybe it's yes. going to be like a sexual, like dark occult movie. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. the vibe. And yeah, there's there's lots of candles. Do they show? Can- I think there's candles in this movie for a grand total of like. <laughs> are there candles in this movie yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they do make a point of one scene of like they clear a shelf and then they put a candle there oh yeah but that might yeah, be yeah. the only instance of there being summoning right mm-hmm. daniel you mentioned sexy eyes and i, I like <laughs> i kind of see them here in the post can you what are those if you had to look sexy eyes what would those look like i'm just trying to figure it out i, I mean you give that to me I, right now I don't think that will translate very well over your podcast medium. <laughs> this is an no, 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 it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm giving them right now. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. John, let's see yours. Let's see your smolder. Mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those. <laughs> <laughs> that's horrible. Right, Not even close. <laughs> no, dance is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's well, is that are you doing it? Is that it? Was that yeah, it? Yeah, that was it. That was, that was it. Oh, yeah, was okay. Bad. Yeah, you're that covering half your face, John. I had you gotta to get your I lips into it too. Head. You know, oh, you gotta head. like, like maybe like turn towards the camera. Oh, Jose, that's it right there. Damn. <laughs> that's it right there. John there doesn't have it at all. No, John, John doesn't you, have it at all. You'll find it, John. This is this is upsetting. All right, John. Do you want to give us like a quick little overview? How about I just uh, jump right into the real rundown, huh? Yeah, let's, let's or, do it. You know what's actually worth mentioning before I jump into the real rundown? Something about this movie, and I think, you know, it's going to be a common theme. And it's already been mentioned about how this movie has no idea where it's going. I want to point out that it had four different writers on this movie, which is something you don't see very often. Um, that actually makes so much sense. I, I, this this is now that you say that th- th- this makes so much sense. They they did not collaborate on this. No, they, they, they went root project on this, and we're like, hey, you're gonna write like you know like this these couple of scenes. You're gonna write these few scenes, and that now it all it all makes sense why this movie yeah, is so. I, I could see it being like a st- studio decisions. Like, there's probably an original script by one writer. And then they yep. took it to another guy being like, hey, can you amp up the sex? Re- rework scene? these scenes. Yeah, for- we want more Sandra Bullock. Maybe maybe give us a scene where she's uh, she's gardening and the camera pans up straight to her ass, you know? <laughs> or maybe give us a scene. I didn't know Michael Bay was a writer. Give us like a spooky scene. Give us like this spooky scene where maybe the guy they kill comes back to life, you know? And they just kept doing that over and over until they reached this 
fantastic final results. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite practical. There's nothing practical about this movie. All right, so uh, let me get another real rundown. So the only time that they needed magic, practically, they didn't seem to be able to do it. The magic uh, seemed yeah. very vague. Yeah. They're the... Yeah, <laughs> I, I I hope we have more time to discuss that because that was a a big thing for me as well. No, yeah, we'll, we'll get into the we'll rundown there. here. And yeah, but can... for those that you know, for those that uh, listen and don't like to watch the movies, you know, they they exist. Let me just you know tell you what the movie is about, and let me tell you, if you can get through this, you can get through anything. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so we we start be- with uh, being led through a lovely upbeat uh, voiceover with some ethereal music, whimsical tones, where we meet Ancestor Maria, a witch who is being hanged. She is she's being sentenced to death. Um, thankfully, she lives through the hanging scene and uh, scares away the town folk, which results in her being banished with her unborn daughter. She waits for the love of her life to come rescue her, which never happens. So she curses all Owen's women of her lineage to kill any man who dares love an owens woman it's a very confusing curse could have gone easier but that's how it went once an owen and then uh once an owens woman hears the ticking of the death watch beetle the man that loves them will die very soon and very gruesomely uh or as the narrator reminds us sweet comes with sour you know what i mean a little bit of love a little bit of death it all happens having learned uh we're now sort of in the future after that witch had been hanged. Having learned that their mother died of a broken heart, kid witches Sally and Jillian are bullied in town and just want to fit in as their aunts continue to perform magic to help the people in the town. Eavesdropping on a spell uh, where their aunts are helping a local townswoman find love, small child Sally can't wait to be in love, so she summons a love spell for herself, creating the dream guy because the guy she wants doesn't exist, so she has to make him up. Now in the future, Jillian, who is Nicole Kidman, is running away to Orlando, the baddest of all cities, from the house. (laughs) And Sally, Sandra Bullock, uh, she leaves to be with a boy. Before Jillian heads out, she promises to Sally that they'll die on the same day and makes a blood pact to seal the deal, which seemed a little unnecessary at the time um, and continues to be unnecessary and pointless throughout the movie. Um, Right after that, as Faith Hill blasts, Sally runs into town to talk to a man who she quickly glanced at on the street and feels an immediate connection. Fast forward three years ahead, Sally and that man are on their third year anniversary and have two kids living the average American life for now, while Jillian is living the party life, awkwardly dancing with half-naked dudes everywhere when she meets Jimmy Angelov. Jimmy Angelov. Jimmy Angelov. Jimmy Angelov. Jimmy Angelov. Jimmy Angelov. (laughs) Back home. Sally is awoken by the ticking of the Death Watch beetle and tears up the house trying to kill it. Her husband narrowly escapes being killed by a bunch of cyclists just to be reamed by a truck (laughs) that that must have been drifting off the cyclists because that was wild. It was a real Grey's Anatomy, McDreamy situation right there. Sally and her kids move back in with her aunts in an attempt to get life back to normal. Jillian feels the rift happening and leaves the love of her life, Jimmy Angelov, to also go back to her aunts to give Sally some pep talks, you know, be happy, brush your teeth, get your life together, which totally inspires Sally to open up that botanical shop she promised her late husband, Michael, she would open. Jillian calls, uh, leaves after that and then calls Sally for help because things go very south with Jimmy Angelov. 
Jillian and Sally jump in her car to escape when Jillian is held at gunpoint by Jimmy. Sally slips uh, Jimmy too much magic powder in his tequila and ends up killing him. Crazy scene, honestly. Not wanting to go to jail, the sisters take Jimmy back to their aunt's house to bring him back to life. Jimmy comes back to life and immediately tries to kill Jillian, so Sally kills him again, and then they bury him in the backyard. Uh, during a classic Owen's Midnight Margarita party, they learned that the tequila they used to make Midnight Margaritas was tainted by the magic dust they used to kill Jimmy Angelov. The ants leave Sally and Jilly, forcing them to clean up their own mess. The next morning, Sally and Jillian notice that Jimmy Angelov maybe isn't fully dead. All while a special investigator, Hallett, uh, seems to have Sally under his spell, starts snooping around the town. Hallett makes his way over to the witch's house for breakfast later on, on a weird date-slash-evidence-snooping-slash-interrogation situation. Julian tries to poison him. Hallett's charm forces the daughters to toss poison syrup into water. And just as Hallett escapes being poisoned, a frog shows up and burps up Jimmy Angelov's ring, giving Hallett the evidence he needed to feel confident in putting Sally and Jillian away for murder. Facing trial for murder, Jillian and Sally have a sisterly quarrel on how their lives differ, which leads to Sally kicking Jillian out of the house um, that neither of them actually live in, and Sally heading to turn themselves in for murder. Sally confesses to murdering Jimmy Angelov in a motel room of Hallett. Hallett stops the murder, mid-confession to confess his love for Sally, which leads to a makeout sesh and a realization for Sally that Hallett has one green eye and one blue eye. like a very ethical decision on the detective's part. (laughs) That she once wrote down as the attributes of her one true love when she was a child. Sally bolts the lovemaking when she receives a message that her daughters are in trouble. Back at the mansion, Jimmy Angelov's spirit has taken over Jillian's body. Jimmy's soul threatens to kill Hallett and Sally as Jillian is paralyzed on the bed. Jimmy shoves his hand inside Hallett to rip his heart out, but Jimmy's hand is burned by Hallett's shiny badge and then disappears. We get a little notebook homage where Hallett's like, I love you. I read all your letters. I'm never letting you go. So Sally says, look, listen, I wrote this spell when I was a child um, and what you're feeling isn't real. It's just a spell. So then Sally goes home to find out uh, Jillian is still squatting inside or Jimmy is still squatting inside Jillian's body. The ants come back. They perform an exorcism on Jillian with the women of the town who previously hated the witches, but are now all in on this fun, like book club exorcism party. Um, they run a chant. Jimmy gets out of the body, punches Sally straight in the face. Then <laughs> Sally and Jillian are laying on the floor talking to each other, which is when I thought they were both going to die from the blood pack. Uh, but Sally is like, no, you're not going to die. So she gives Jimmy more of that special tequila, baby. And uh, Jimmy just explodes after drinking tequila and uh they brush his ashes into the into the lawn they pour some hot soup on it and sally gets a letter from hallett (laughs) that jimmy's death was accidental and thinking of hallett sally lets a leaf blow into the wind which summons him back to the mansion so they can live truly happily ever after the end that was was everywhere right (laughs) That last act was just crazy, huh? Huh? How about that? It was almost like four different movies all in one. I don't know that there were acts in this film. No. It didn't feel like it was. It was like a sketch. You could definitely feel when the movie started to get climactic because you start thinking as an audience member, wait, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) A little bit. But that happened a few (laughs) times, right? That happened a few times. 
I love like I th- I think we should just dive right in. Just from the beginning, I was confused yeah, right off from the that. Bat. Yeah, I was confused right off the bat. We get this voiceover where there's this witch who's hated by everyone, and she's being hung. But at the same time, there's this beautiful rom com music where girl meets boy. They're having a great time. It just doesn't match up at all. Yeah. So, so it's like immediately tonally messy because in that hanging scene, we have like the whimsical score come in, even though it's a horrific act that's going on. And then, yeah. And, and then there's just countless more examples of the music not exactly matching. You know, they're playing like this kiss, this kiss while she's gardening. Oh, that was great. That was, that was great. What did you guys think of the soundtrack overall? It, oh, I loved it. It's so, just like all of this movie. It's so unbelievably late 90s. Like this, yeah. this movie is such a time capsule. It's, it's kind of unbelievable. Do you Absolutely. have other examples for us of late 90s? When you think of late 90s in this movie, what do you get? Faith Hill. Uh, Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, like it just everything, everything late '90s. It's like the whole vibe, like every movie, every movie that was ever made in the late '90s, like, w- like was just conglomeration uh-huh. squished together, and that's how they made this movie. I think this is like baloney. Yeah, Sandra Bullock, you yeah. know, she's like a queen of the late '90s. Nicole Kidman too. Yep, it's just it, it's a time capsule, like you said. Do you, do you guys want a little uh, a little bit of trivia here about Nicole Kidman? Yeah, hit me. Yeah, so apparently apparently this movie took way longer to film than the directors expected because Nicole Kidman had just come off of filming Eyes Wide Shut, directed by Stanley Kubrick, who oh. I guess is notorious for demanding like ninety takes per per scene, and uh, so Sandra Bullock would do her scenes in like two to three takes, but Kidman would want ninety takes per per scene. Oh, um, because of oh, because she just came off a Kubrickian movie, yeah, yeah. And so now she, oh, that's crazy. And, and like, and it's it's insane considering Nicole Kidman's part in this film. Yeah, yeah her performance that. in this movie doesn't exactly seem like that of an auteur, you know? No, <laughs> certainly not. No. Do you think? Also, you I have that? another little bit of trivia. Okay. Do you guys know that that score that's playing in that very first scene is called Practical Magic? And um, the composer is Alan Silvestri, who also scored Back to the Future, Forrest Gump, The Avengers, the Lara Croft movie, <laughs> the original with uh, Angelina Jolie, Predator, Castaway, Ready Player One, Stuart Little, and the list just goes on and on. Wow. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he, may, he may have phoned it in a bit for uh, practical magic. What huh? happened here? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. I guess you know sometimes you got to work for a paycheck. So. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hey, I get that. It seems like this whole movie was a work for a paycheck. To be honest, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure who actually got paid and what. Like, I just like wow, I, wow. Mm-hmm. All the money must have gone to Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman's ninety takes because. Movie. What was the budget on this film? The budget on it this can't film? have been that much. I mean, except for oof, five million dollars. I bet so much. And they pulled they pulled in less than that at the box. Yeah, office. they pulled in forty eight. Forty six. I'm seeing sixty eight point three worldwide. Worldwide. Okay, nice. Oof. Yikes! You hate to see it, honestly. I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm shocked that this movie didn't crush theaters. <laughs> <laughs> It does seem like a cult classic, though. It's got like yeah, yeah. The, uh, strong cult classic vibes for sure. Uh-huh. 
I would love like, to I can meet... see people out there being like, oh, that house is, their house is beautiful. That where the witches live, it's it's an incredible like uh, I don't even know what kind of Victorian home. And right on a cliff a, with water. Yeah, there's a light. There's a lighthouse in it. There's they jump <laughs> off it on Halloween's on Halloween with little umbrellas. It's beautiful. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, like outside of the house and outside of the great music, do you guys know like when this movie was being set up as? I want to find, or we're cursing all men who love an Owens woman to die, but the little girls want to find love. From that, where did you think this movie was going? <laughs> I was not expecting like, <laughs> the husband to die so quickly. So, <laughs> I, I I thought the whole thing and and like the the little like bullet for the movie is something like young witches in a modern world, you know whose love lives are cursed or whatever on a journey to find true love or something like that. Yeah. I, I thought the yeah, whole that's, movie. That's the thesis. Whole, yeah. 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 I, I thought the whole movie would be like, you know, them trying to find love and then ending up with it in the end. I thought, I, I thought it would be like a classic late nineties rom-com, but with like the weird twist of them being witches and how that could be like comedically intertwined and add an extra little wrinkle. Uh-huh. You know? But instead, she falls in love like within the first ten minutes of the movie, and yeah. then her husband dies. So and then fun. she's mourning. Yeah, it's and it's. We, just we need weird... to talk about that. I think because yeah. that that part is is so strange, and 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 they spend so much time setting up the fact like, hey, they're witches, they're yeah. witches, and witches are weird and are bullied and crazy. Yeah. That like they spend no fucking time on the first husband, and he's barely in the film and i feel like yeah. you're supposed to be sad when he dies but like the way he dies is so surreally like quasi comedic <laughs> i think but like and, like and you don't know him at all so who who cares like who cares <laughs> yeah. he died? like other than sandra bullock in the movie because she's like has to because it's in the script mm-hmm. no one and cares and even the daughters thinking... even the daughters like are just so unaffected by their dad dying yeah Yes, the daughters don't like. She's mourning on the bed, and the mom and the daughter's like, "Hey, it's time for it's school." For school. Yeah, time is up, Come on, mommy, let's go. They don't miss dad at all. Yeah, but very, when very. Dad strange. shows up. I'm still like, okay. So we spent this whole spent this whole time leading up to this. Uh, you're explaining to us how the spell works. Owens women when they fall in love, the guy will die, and yeah. then she makes a spell that she says, "I can't fall in love because the guy I want can flip pancakes." has yeah. two colored eyes, yeah. uh, is marvelously kind, and nothing else that seems like it's impossible for a man to have. There's probably hundreds of men in the world that have those traits, but then the guy that she falls in love with immediately afterwards doesn't seem to have any of those traits. Nothing. Well, so well, so that apparently is because her aunt created a spell. Yes. They said, right. oh, we just kind of pushed you along yeah, the way, yeah. right? But we didn't think that you'd actually fall in love. Like, what? It doesn't make any sense. No, and, I, and, I guess, and, and the way I guess the way she like runs back, she can't fall in love with anybody unless they have these traits. So the fact that she just fell in love with some guy yeah. at her aunt's, I I was already confused about how the magic works, and also the fact that a child can make a love spell that seem is seemingly powerful after they just seem to learn how to like blow a candle on, like she was just a kid. I don't know. It just seems like that's like a, 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 a Hogwarts year seven 
type spell and not a Hogwarts year one. <laughs> yeah. Like you the, just the magic. In Leviosa. You can't be running around doing crazy love spells. The magic in the movie makes so little sense to me just across the board because seemingly it can do anything. It can it can make people fall in love. It can bring people back from the dead. Um, it can like put Sandra Bullock's name on the weird mother call oh, on all those sheets. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it can do seemingly anything, but they so sparingly use it. Like they don't. And there seemed to be yeah. a situation where it would have been very helpful to have magic, which is when they're both getting kidnapped by Jimmy Angelov. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. Why can't they start, like, they can't, like, I don't know, like, Petrificus Totalis's ass? Like, they have nothing. Just, they're just magic, her, magic herself away? Like, yeah. why did she have uh-huh. to fly to go pick her up and drive her back? I d- <laughs> yeah. Or make the car, just, like, drive on its own while she, like, I don't know, make the gun misfire? It I mean, seems like turn the gun into a banana. There's a lot of things you can do. <laughs> yeah. So, like when that happened, so we went from kind of murder. Or sorry, well, we went to murder. When we went to death of a husband rom com, I was still, you know, we can find our way. But then when it turned to murder, holy moly! What were you? Did you? I laughed first of all. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> I, I I first I I want to. Like I, I think we talk about Jimmy Angelov a little more, right? Before like we get to his his. Murder. I mean, we can, but like, because did you guys have expectations so for his character as well? Because I certainly did. I that did. Very, they, first of all, the scene. Yeah, what do you think? I, I thought for sure he was also going to be a magical creature. That he was also he was going to be oh. a vampire. We're setting him up so much. It's like he's from Romania. He's from yeah, Transylvania. He's like and, 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 and he's and he, he's super strong. Like her her weird drugging ritual of him, so she can sleep. Like does work on him like it's like oh because he's a fucking vampire and like that is gonna play out some way but no that wasn't the thing at all idea but no well you know in like the city of orlando if you're romantic you're somewhat not vanilla you know you kind of have muscles you're gonna stick out like a sore thumb so that's probably all it was you know oh yeah (laughs) yeah good point john yeah i would know but uh, I, I also thought Jimmy Angelov was going to be something because they said his name 400 times. That was very weird. Yeah. Jimmy See, I thought Angelov. Jimmy Angelov was going to come back to the house and then he'd have blue eyes, uh, uh, blue and green eye. And then, oh, like, then be the guy. And yeah, Bullock's yeah. character would fall in love with him and then the sisters would be torn apart. And, you know, they'd have to come together again at the end to save Jimmy Angela from the Owens curse. Oh, no, that's not what happened either. <laughs> that would have been a great that twist he was as well. Just, yeah. yeah, he's just a bad guy. That yeah, yeah so he's just, he just, none of that, no payoff really. <laughs> no, he's just, just a kind of a piece of shit. 2D character, two-dimensional <laughs> character. He's just a total <laughs> piece of shit. Yeah. Jimmy Angela, Jimmy Angela, bad guy. <laughs> And then, like, again, with the magic where they try and bring this guy back to life. And then I I laughed at this point, too, because earlier in the movie, um, Sandra Bullock says she wants to bring Michael, her husband that was killed by the cyclists, indirectly. Um, Mm -hmm. She's like, I want to bring him back to life. And then the ants say, well, if you do that, he'll never be the same again. And so they just completely forget about it and then jimmy angelov who jillian knows i don't know i mean look i don't want to be a, a a parental figure in this situation but it seemed like she barely knew the guy you know oh, and they're ready to bring him back to life i think they've been together for a little bit okay 
we'll define like getting married and stuff all right well how, how much do we know this guy you know what i'm saying like he hasn't even come to christmas dinner yet you sure. know how much do we really? But also, it, we know about Jillian's character at that point that she falls in love quickly, and right. all, it seems like all these other guys. She's like Sandra Bullock's character is like, oh, she's running through all these guys, and then the 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 aunt is like, yeah, I can't wait for a guy to run through her. And I remember being like, what the fuck is that? That line doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had the same thought. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Baby. But anyways, then the then the investigator shows up to Whoa, the movie. Before the investigator. Wait, wait. We're not even at there's a great the best part of this movie is way before the investigator. So What's that? Jimmy comes back to life. He obviously then wants to murder Jillian again, so they kill him again. Which is a waste of magic, it seems, into the front yard. And then we get Midnight Margaritas. When we hit Midnight oh, Margaritas, the best part of the we're movie. about Two thirds of the way through this movie, how are you guys feeling? Let me get a temp is that, check. Is that really two thirds of the way in? It, it's about forty-five minutes an hmm. hour into the movie. Well, first of all, it's closer I to sixty like percent. Right to 60%. after they brought Jimmy Angelov back to life and then killed him a second time, that's when you should have called the cops and the problem would have been over. Because then you could have been like, "Oh, this guy was attacking us. His car's out front," and then that's it. You probably just get away with an accidental <laughs> manslaughter charge. Look, we don't know what which in police enforcement relations are at the time, so we can't assume. Uh, apparently, any. they're very friendly. Yeah, <laughs> Daniel. Yeah, I'm too friendly, Daniel. Yeah. We're halfway, sixty percent through this movie. How are you feeling? Did you get up, take a break? Did you bash your head through a wall? No, I I didn't take a break. There definitely were parts of the movie where I I checked out. And was like playing games on my phone while it was going on in the background, and, and oh, I was like, what games? "Oh, oh uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I was I was doing a little Wordle." Oh, okay, nice. Doing uh, then I did some uh, like single player Yahtzee, where you basically just a dice rolling game on your phone by yeah. yourself, huh? You by roll yourself. dice by yourself, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, get a good shake of the dice, huh? Very nice, man. Look, hey, that's, that's exactly all do how it. I shake my dice, John. Yes, we all do it. <laughs> <laughs> what's, your, what's your go-to word for the wordle uh root Penis. root Roots. yeah like with two o's no r-o-u-t-e nice. oh that's good that's a lot of vowels yeah i like that that's solid what was today's oh, wait wait I'm not gonna say, it. Margarita. <laughs> did i what about the midnight, midnight margarita you did not make a midnight margarita. No, no, no. Well, I, I watched it in the middle of the afternoon. The midnight margarita thing was so weird, yeah. right? Get to it, it felt very shoehorned in. Like they're like, guys, we need something to like bring up the positivity of this movie. Let's just yeah. dump the midnight margarita scene in the middle. But and for what it's worth, it was a very fun. It was scene. I I enjoyed it. I was there for the ride. I feel that the midnight margarita scene is probably what gives it its cult clout. You know what I mean? I think that's probably what people remember about this movie the most is the midnight margaritas, you know, shitting on the dudes, dudes suck, boys trouble. We're all hanging out. We're going to take down the patriarchy one day, all that, you know, midnight margaritas. Which is, I get why, like, that's why I understand why this movie probably has the following it does. It does have like a lot of elements of things that are, you know, cool, and that people are gonna like F- feminism, witches, candles, rom commy, Sandra Bullock, Nicole, K- like it, all the elements for something. Oh, cool I need right my there. 
it has it it has its moments it has its moments right yeah yeah Yeah. it's just it just overall and don't think about it too hard i can see how someone enjoys this movie yeah it's i think i think the overall thing is that it's a film that is far worse than the sum of its parts but like if 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 you're able to just latch on to a couple of its parts then i think it's easy like yeah it's like a an easy viewing movie you can kind of like you know secretly love well, I latch yeah. on hard to Midnight Margarita. Secretly love. <laughs> Secretly love. I don't think people, I think this is a, you outward, outwardly love this movie. If someone says, have you seen Practical Magic? Someone will say, yes, I love that movie or oof. Yeah. Um, I made the mistake of YouTubing this movie uh, before I watched it. And there are people online who are quote unquote actual witches Oh, talking sweet. about this movie and oh, we should know, have had one on. comparing their magic and stuff. Yeah. So how how realistic is practical magic in terms of yeah. magic use? What'd you find? I, I'm not gonna lie to you, Daniel. I did not watch the video. I did not. Oh. <laughs> That's the few. Are you kidding me? Oh, let down. Went all the way there and you didn't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you I know what? I started and they started talking and it was like, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. I didn't want to dive into that YouTube hole. Okay, of, well, uh, I know what I'm doing today. You know what we should do is we should, the three of us, let's, hey, let's regroup. Let's put a pin in it, regroup later this week, and uh, talk to one of the practical <laughs> practical witches uh, that has a YouTube channel. It's just a mini so do you know? Maybe we should for do the, For like subscribers only or something. Yeah, for oh, our moms. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Hallett finally shows up. The goat. Yeah. Um, and the movie changes once again. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now we're into Law and Order. PMU. No, it, it, it becomes a rom-com again at this point. Oh, okay. Rom-com again? Yeah. He just happens to be a detective because he's not really all that good at his job. No, he doesn't he, really do any detecting at all, really. He just kind of interviews Sandra Bullock a few times until they're in love with yeah. each other. Yeah. And detecting all of the evidence kind of falls onto his lap. You know, like oh, the yeah, a does. frog literally just like gives him the ring he's looking for, uh, just throws it up onto his foot. Yeah, I didn't get that. What, I, yeah. Was and Jimmy he the walks frog? by the car and he finds the little seeds or whatever that's the poison. He just um, kind of doesn't really do any. Just kind of falls onto his lap. Mm. Yeah, she totally Very convenient does. detective, kind of like a holistic detective, which would have been more interesting, actually. You know what was the most interesting thing to me about this detective? Because he was sort of, we find out, written as a spell. He was created by Sally's magic, I guess. Wait, is... what? That's not how I interpret it at all. Wait, oh. does he, did he, I thought he already existed. He al- <laughs> so he already existed, and then she I, I was think, like... I think he- I, I had never had the impression that he was created by Sally's magic. Okay, so he existed somehow at a small age, the ability to flip pancakes. And I mean, I don't know what their age gap is here either. You don't think he was developed the ability to flip pancakes as he became an adult? Well, how do you think that spell works? Do you think it, it like he innately had that ability already? And so the, sp- the spell found him? Or as he unlocked those skills, the spell was kind of... Professor Xing its way to. I this is spell exists and he was like fated to acquire those skills or something, you know, because of this is my take on it. I think the spell was not real. I don't think it worked. Yeah, so they were just madly in love. 
I, I yeah, I, I I think it was like happenstance, kind of like you know, a little movie magic, but not Ooh. practical magic, you know. I got you, and practical I magic. I could go along with that, Daniel, because the craziest thing about this guy is hit both of his eyes were blue. I actually, I actually. Yeah, there's a scene where he literally looks, and yeah. you get you get a perfect view of it. For those that want to go check, it's at the one hour four minute mark and twenty three <laughs> seconds. There's a close up on both of his eyes, and they are both blue. So you know, uh, it was go. good in the late nineties. I'm sure that he was wearing a green contact lens, and it just didn't come through. Oh, you're right. They didn't have four K back then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they just completely so, forgot. How did you guys interpret then uh, the original Maria spell? Because the spell that she makes is that she'll never fall in love. And then the spell that happens is that all the Owens w- women are cur- like their their men are cursed. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember like what what the exact wording is of the spell in the opening scene, to be honest with you. I, I, don't, I don't remember how she says it. I just, I'm I just remember sure. that- it's like she she says uh, she doesn't actually say it. the the voiceover says all of it is that and that she curses herself to never fall in love again, but as a result, all Owen's women when they do fall in love, their lovers are cursed to die. I mean, I, I think I think I you just got to not think about things like that too much, you know. the the the, the important <laughs> thing the important thing is the beetle and that they die when they hear the beetle. Amen. You're yeah. overthinking it. You're overthinking it. So what did you guys, so we finally kind of get this payoff here that they're in love at the, um, the uh, interrogation in the motel room mm-hmm. and they start making out. I, at this point, my head exploded. I had no idea what was happening. Like, I had no idea what was happening. Mostly because I mean, I've was- never seen people kiss before, but like that was the other thing. It was very clear he was into her from like the time they met. And he, you know, they kind of set it up because he he ignores uh, Nicole Kidman's very uh, aggressive advances yeah. and to like, you know, give his attention more to Sandra Bullock. So I, I it, it just was plain to say and th- th- this is what I mean. Like it becomes a rom-com again once uh, mm-hmm. once Hallett shows up because it's like, OK, Sandra Bullock, th- this is like this is the love that will break the curse or whatever. That's how it's going to end clearly um it took us you know a very long time to get to that point but we're, we're he was now spending a lot of time with the family for some reason yeah. he felt totally wow. comfortable eating breakfast with them yeah and hanging out which was bizarre because he's investigating Look, them for murder i 100 percent, and i don't want to say one guy is better than the other but i never saw michael making the kids breakfast so i'll just say this guy hallett he impressed me right off the well, bat. Well, that's unfair yeah. to Michael because he's in the movie for 30 seconds. You're absolutely <laughs> right. So this guy, Hallett, they're in love, which is crazy because she confessed to murder and he's just like, Shh. Well, he, he, She doesn't quite. She doesn't quite. She says something like, what would you do if I did confess, essentially? Yeah, yeah. He was like, mm, yeah. no, no. no. Old- I, don't want, <laughs> I don't want to hear about witches. No. I don't want to hear about blah, 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 blah. Let's kiss. <laughs> She gives the old, yeah, she gives the old runaround. I love that part. And then she leaves and goes straight home and uh, encounters a fucking ghost. And then he just walks into frame. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so we were, we had like kind of 
we were right on the edge, one foot off the edge of the cliff, and we accidentally slipped, and we are free falling at this point. That's what this movie. <laughs> is. Yeah, yeah, did, did you guys? Did you guys feel an exorcism coming? No, not no, me. I had no, not at, at all. This point, I didn't know where this movie was going at any yeah. at any minute. <laughs> I, I, it was impossible for me to figure out what was going to happen. I certainly didn't expect the badge to act like a holy symbol. What was up with that? Did you guys get any of that? What was that? What was that? I I was trying to rack my brain for any kind of, like, you know, lore of, like, some sort of thing. Because, you know, you like the silver bullets and garlic. And, like, you know, things are, like, common knowledge. But I couldn't think of anything that had to do with... uh, like just pure silver and and well, she has a, there's, a, there's a small line that might justify it from Sandra Bullock's character where she says um, that only has power because you believe it, right? Which I assume is why it like burned the guy for some reason. But oh, oh so you think she like cast a spell on it? No, I just think that like because it's a symbol he he the character believes in. It's like his equivalent to a cross or. Uh, okay. Garlic, yeah, etc. So I, I, I'll buy that. They definitely have the line to set it up. They definitely have the yeah. line to set it up. And, and it was such an innocuous line. I didn't expect it to, you know, actually portend as yeah. anything. And the only it, reason but. it stood out to me is because I thought, like, no, also society as a whole gives a badge <laughs> power. <laughs> it's not just him. But yeah. regardless, it seems to work, and the ghost is now like subdued. Yes. No, doesn't it possess Jillian? Uh, Jillian immediately after this, and that's I think it was it's later. You, you think you think Jimmy's defeated because he like yeah disappears or whatever. Yeah, uh, when he when he holds the badge out, he apparates like it's across. Like yeah, um, and then I I can't really remember what happens between that point and Jillian being fully possessed, but I feel like something happens. I mean, I think then it goes right into the rom com thing. I think where they have the whole conversation about like. She, she confesses to Hallett at that point that um, she made a spell or whatever. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what she says. She so, like, the movie just goes completely, like, sideways and forgets about the ghost for a second until later when Julie is possessed all of a sudden. Yeah. And that exorcism and, scene, man, yeah. where they bring in the town's folk who yeah. hated them the entire time. Some and then they come in. so okay with doing an exorcism now. Yeah, I mean, they were all- any any excuse to get away from the old husband, am I right? That's what they're all thinking. Yeah, it, it is very weird, and and it, it's supposed to be like a full circle moment. Like it's supposed to be like these are the townspeople redeeming themselves after bullying these young witches for generations. Uh, <laughs> witch, 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 you're a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I couldn't tell if they were saying you're a bitch or you're a witch again. Were they uh, saying you're a bitch? It said "bitch" in my captions. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I'm not a I'm not a subtitle watcher. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. So so that that is good to know. Okay. At least not rhyming "witch" with "witch." Um, yeah. But yeah, that that part was just so like 
this is I think this is what I mean when I say it's such a 90s movie because this is such a 90s movie thing to do it's like there's absolutely no justification for all these people coming together and doing this like literally only two of them are friends with these people that we've seen the entire movie <laughs> and yet like in this life or death moment these people that have hated them their entire lives are going to come and help them risk their own lives for this weird thing that doesn't make any sense like if you think mm-hmm. about it at all it doesn't make any sense but like if you just kind of watch it's like oh, oh isn't that nice they like the yeah. witches how great None of it makes any sense. Like, everything is very conveniently placed. Like, the aunts also deciding to just bail. Like, hey, clean up your own mess. When they don't even know what's going on at that point of the movie. See, I think think they do know. I think the aunts know 100%. Oh, really? They know. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, they're like, we've been here. We've done it. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's like their we told you so moment. They know, like, where you figure it out. It is still weird. It is still very weird. The ants are just kind of weird. They're like never. I like the ants too. That I really liked from this movie. I, I like the ants, and, and you talked about Margarita, um, Midnight Margaritas. I think just the ants in general are probably a very strong part of why people like this movie. Um, mm-hmm. But I wish they were given more because, like, th- there's there's like lots of lore that is touched on with the ants, but never really delved into. Um, uh, yeah. Because, like, so what we know about the ants is that, like, they do love spells for people, like, that show up randomly at their door. (laughs) And uh, they know things about people in the town because they just say, like, when they're walking downtown, they're like, oh, uh, he's cheating on her with the babysitter, but she doesn't. And, like, how do you know that? Oh, she's just a witch. I like that kind of stuff. I wish we had seen more of their abilities. But instead, I was left with a lot of questions about how the magic worked, especially after the. Yes. Yeah. Let's get into some of those questions. The biggest one. Did they ever break Maria's curse? (laughs) Why would Maria's curse be affected by the exorcism? It's it's not. It's not. My read was that it was broken by the uh, the blood bond of the sisters, because when they when they do that, there's like that big like that's what creates the end of the exorcism right like that's what actually gets rid of and then you get like a, a flash of maria like, yeah standing there yeah so it, for i don't it doesn't there's no explanation for it but what the love of the sisters or what have you is what breaks the family curse that, that's how i read it and i don't think it had anything to do with the exorcism okay but but it doesn't even sound like in the vo they're entirely sure i forget exactly what the wording is but the vo is very vague about whether the curse is lifted so like the movie ends and then I'm like, well, it took a few years for the curse to hit the last husband. So how can they be so sure it's not going to happen? I don't know. Uh, because because Jose, they they fly down from the roof at the end. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so everything you know, is and umbrellas. They just. <laughs> I was wondering why they chose umbrellas and not broomsticks. Yeah, that was an odd choice. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, but, yeah I was wondering kind of after I finished watching this movie, if you could describe this as a genre, which which genre do you think this movie fits in? Oh, I, I, I think if you asked the, I think if you asked the people who made this film, yeah. they wouldn't be able to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you think they even I remember making uh, it? <laughs> I think it's Halloween movie. Okay, but it's but it's not oh. like because oh. the only time it's actually on Halloween is the final moment. Mm-hmm. But does the movie need to be Halloween like ha- to be during Halloween to be a Halloween movie? Oh, yeah, like a Twilight. 
Twilight's not a Halloween movie. No, it's like I think it's, it's, it's going to have Halloween adjacent elements like witches. Now, let's, let's, I, I, I can 100% see it being a movie that people want to watch on Halloween, but it's not a Halloween movie. When it's not you, a bad Halloween. I'll agree with you there. Then I'm with you. If you could say there was a time of year where you would watch this movie, when would it be? Uh, I'm never watching this movie again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought that up because before we get into, um, you know, we usually go from here to the, the critic reviews and the audience reviews. There was one special audience review that stuck out to me the most. And uh, since we had you on, Daniel, um, and you come from the drafted world, drafted pod, we wanted to... Uh, Maybe do a little crossover here. So there's a review, a, a, an audience review, um, that this is my top 10 Halloween movies. Already watched it this season. I adore Aiden Quinn and Stockard Channing. So I wanted to I go over. Those people are. Me neither. Who, I wanted to go Stockard over. Channing? Channing Tatum's uh, older brother. Tatum Channing's older brother. Um Wanted to go over with the two of you. Oh, oh she I think she's one of the she's the, the aunt. aunt who's not Diane Weist. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. If you could draft your top three fall time movies, what would it be? Oh, she's Rizzo. Who's Rizzo? She is. That aunt. Plays Rizzo in, in the original Greece. Oh, in Greece, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, John. I stepped on your toes there. No, I didn't even feel it. Um, <laughs> top three fall movies. Here we go. For those that want to play along, we're going off the exceptional movie publication. Very, very um, well endowed. Very trusted. Countryliving.com. Uh, their list of 42 best fall movies. So, Daniel, you're the guest here. Yeah. Top three drafting. Fall movies. Who you got? Number one overall. Uh, of of these movies, I have to go with, and I think this is a movie you can watch any time of year, but it definitely has like a, an autumn backdrop to it. And it's one of my favorite movies of all time, so i got to go Good Will Hunting. Wow. That's a good one. That's a good one. It's a good one. It's a good one. I like it. I like it. It's a good pick. Number so one overall. Like, uh, interesting. Autumn pick. leaves, you know, on the poster. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. I think that counts. It's fall time. All right, Jose. All right, my number one, I'm going to go with The Goonies. Wow. What made you go Goonies with your number one overall pick? It's a classic. It's a classic. I also what? wonder, is that a fall-time movie also? So, so it's on this list, but I, I am curious. What, what makes Goonies a fall-time movie? I don't know. The fact that they're wearing jackets? <laughs> <laughs> Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Okay, so are we doing this where I get back to back? So I get this pick and then the next, or are we going so back if, to front? I, I mean, I think you should do it that way, but I will say three rounds makes it unbalanced. Okay, so then Let's go uh, I'll go. I'll go last every time. I'll go last every time. No, that, that's that. ridiculous. That makes it even more unbalanced. Just do so, two in a row. Okay, I'll do two in a row. So my number one for this. Fall, I guess. <laughs> Ghostbusters. My first pick. The original. I think that, I think that they're including fall with it. Halloween. It's in. Yeah, it counts. I mean, it Halloween counts. does is in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. Count it. 
And then right after that, right after that, my uh, second round, first pick in the second round, I'm going to go, oh, man, is it on this list or the, the Cosmo list? I can't remember. All right. I'm going to go Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, my second Oh, pick. sheesh. That's a good choice. It spans all great holidays, to be honest. That's a good choice. That's yeah, I mean, it, 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 covers, it covers the gamut of your, your fall and winter holidays, for yeah. sure. It's a it's a must, Jose. Yeah, because they have that they have that Christmas morning. Scene Happy Christmas, Christmas, Harry. Happy Christmas, Ron. <laughs> Anything from the trolley, dear? <laughs> no thanks. Okay, I'm all uh, set. I'm gonna go with uh, my number two is E. T. Wow, solid yeah. pick. I'm going for a vibe here. What's the vibe? Eighties. Eighties. That's the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right Daniel. it's kind of classics i think you know classics feel good family classics all right i'll go i just i don't know if i should just like take the movies i like the most here or like the ones that are i actually consider kind of fall movies daniel i'm gonna be honest this is not like you know when you're undrafted and you have to play to your audience just go yeah. with what you love Okay, go I'm going to take Silver Linings Playbook then. Wow. Uh, fantastic movie. Um, you, and you like to cry a lot on, in the fall? Or what's... Movie does, that movie does not make me cry. I just think it's a good movie. Um, hmm. Definite fall vibes because the connection to football. Um, and then I feel like I have to go... No, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to take with the other uh, movie I like the most here. Uh, I'm gonna go remember the Titans, which again, oh, very, you know, very, nice. very small. Um, although I feel like a lot of the more iconic scenes in that movie are more in like the summertime because it's a lot of uh, like training camp rather than actual season. But yeah, yeah. Season, that's a it's, it's on this list, so I'm taking it. You need uh, any water there, Daniel? No, you don't need water. You know why? Water's for washing blood off your jersey. No one's gonna get water. Everyone up downs until Daniel. Doesn't need any more water. You like that? That was my Denzel. Really good, spot on. Thanks. I thought he was. I thought he was in the room with us for a moment there. <laughs> Me too. I, I get that a lot. I get that a lot. Do you do training day next? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was. Uh, yeah, a lot of people think uh, Jamie Foxx is a good Denzel. But wait till you hear mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy, Jamie Foxx. Doesn't hold a candle. John John has more talent on his little finger than Jamie Fox has. <laughs> Jamie Fox. <laughs> yeah, what does that guy know? John he's, never, he's never been nominated. Yeah, whatever. Whatever with that Jamie Fox guy, huh? Who's who's, yeah. who's heard from yeah. him? You, John John is on the Everyone's a Real Critic, Critic podcast. Where, where's Jamie Fox been? You know? Yeah, I know, right? What What does he have? Like an Oscar or something? <laughs> Garbage. He may be a triple threat, but John's the old, the the biggest threat. Yeah, yeah. I'm just a threat. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know which one. You don't know which three threats I'm coming from. I'm Jamie Foxx is he spread himself too thin, you know. Triple threat. Everything's about uh, concentrating, you know. Yeah, you got exactly. you got to zero in on on your where you you really excel. And John is in that so much better than Jamie Foxx. Thank you. <laughs> I needed that. I needed this right, gas up next. right here. I'm just gonna play some Lizzo after this and just all, just have the best day ever. Uh, you're up. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to close mine out with Hocus Pocus. All right. Can we can we take a moment to talk about Hocus Pocus for a bit? 
Yeah, we can. Yeah. And uh, for those that really uh, want to follow us deep on Hocus Pocus, listen back to one of our first podcasts about a year ago uh, on Hocus Pocus, wherever you get your podcasts. Where were you I, uh, I just I think Hocus I think Hocus Pocus is like is beloved where by our generation, whereas Practical Magic is not. And and I, I, I think they're both honestly objectively equally about as bad. But the difference is that Hocus Pocus like chose to be a children's like a more children's focused film. And so because so many people saw it when they were kids, they have a nostalgic connection to it. The nostalgia yeah. with with practical magic. I, I can see what you're saying because if I saw this movie and I was like a thirteen year old girl, I can see myself falling in love with it for sure. Oh, yeah. And then like having that nostalgia. Uh, as I, you know, as I grew up, but uh, yeah, I can see that. But Hocus Pocus, Hocus Pocus is good though. No, Hocus Pocus <laughs> is good. It, it's it isn't yeah. though. Is the problem? It is. No, it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I did. questionable at best. Uh, with the with the final pick, I'm gonna go straight up fall. It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Such a good movie. It's good. I I can't stand Charlie Brown movies. <laughs> Daniel, what can you stand? <laughs> I love this. <laughs> I it, it, this is, I I've never liked Charlie Brown movies. What do you um, have against him? He's unlucky. Because He's that's the girl. thing, Charlie. Like the the entire punchline is: look at this nice guy just get shat all over <laughs> by literally everyone who <laughs> shares <laughs> time with him. And in any moment, it, it like the punchline is like, look how much Charlie Brown fucking sucks. And it's like, no, he's a fine guy. He's a fine guy. Like, why is why, what's what is appealing about? It? I don't get it. That's the thing, though, Dan. He's just fine. Daniel, did fine. did you did you have a Charlie Brown childhood? Is that is this? Are we digging something up? Here? No, I didn't. I just I'm just an empathetic person. I'm like I don't get why it's funny that Charlie Brown's life is just the worst for no reason. <laughs> when he's just he's just all he is is a nice guy. Yeah, I just never got it. it. That's well, it. I just never got it. Who do you think won, Daniel? As the guest, the drafted expert. Who do you think? Well, let's go over our list. Uh, huh? Yeah, yeah. Can, you're gonna have to remind me of the teams. I didn't write them down. Uh, Daniel. Goodwill Hunting, Silver Linings Playbook, Remember the Titans. Jose, I uh, don't remember your first. It was, it was, it was Goonies, E.T., Hocus Pocus. E.T., Hocus Pocus. Very nice. So, Goodwill Hunting, Silver Linings Playbook, Remember the Titans by Daniel, Jose, Goonies, E.T., Hocus Pocus, and yours truly, Ghostbusters, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and The Great Pumpkin. Charlie Brown. <laughs> I mean, I, I I easily win because my movies are all actually good. No, I totally disagree. Mine make for like such a great <laughs> afternoon at home in your sweats. It, 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 it's just perfect. You can marathon mine. No, you know, I think <laughs> <laughs> maybe we got to do a larger uh, fall movies podcast. Maybe so. Uh, maybe maybe we can do that on undrafted. We'll have to work it out. But yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, we're about critics. We're about the audience. We're about the reviews. Let's uh, let's hear what they have to say. Why don't we?
guess critics first, huh? Is that yeah, John? Let's get into the critic reviews. Let's do it then. So, I love the critic reviews. And guess what? This movie was written or this movie was released early enough that it has uh, someone special on here for you, Jose. And for those that listen to me on Daniel's podcast, oh no way! Someone that Daniel killed while I was on his podcast. So this first one. <laughs> from Variety. Part comedy, part family drama, part romance, part special effects mystery adventure, and not entirely satisfying on any of these levels. It sounds about... Yeah, this, the special effects mystery adventure part was just really shoehorned into this, huh? Well, I guess all of it really was. This uh, What's going to end up happening, Daniel, is when you go through... You, you like to, at least for me, I like to think I'm a man of the people, right? And then I read these critic <laughs> reviews. And I, I agree with every single one of them, mostly. Really? I feel like such a sellout sometimes. Because, really John, does. you really strike me as such a... Uh, I, I feel like it's, you know, this is the crux of your show, right? Like, are, do you agree with movie critics or do you agree with the audience review? And yeah. I, you just strike me as such an agreeing with the audience review kind of guy. I, really I want to be. I want to be. But Basically what I'm saying, John, is you strike me as a layman. Whereas, whereas I think Jose is more, you know, cerebral. Well, that's good. I'm glad we could. I'm glad it's working. I'm glad it's working. Hopefully everyone is picking up on that because, man, it's hard to write those jokes sometimes. It's this really just when we watch, like, the really bad ones. When we watch the really bad ones, it's, it's hard to find something to love. I know. Maybe I should try a little harder, though. Um, this next one, I just love this review from a critic, especially. It's from uh, the publication Mr. Showbiz, which is a great name. Uh, Practical Magic doesn't catch must. <laughs> Shit, I ruined that one. Okay. <laughs> Practical Magic oh, doesn't boy. catch much of a spell. And <laughs> the problem is, I started laughing halfway through it because it was yeah. so good. All right, let's get to a real one. New York Daily News here. Doesn't seem as if there was much communication between the three screenwriters who are credited with adapting Alice Hoffman's novel. Perhaps they should have tried ESP. That's good. Ooh, so I learned that this wow. was a novel. Did any of you? Did you guys know that? They say that in the beginning of the like the opening credits. Oh, what? it says like based on whoever's yeah. novel. I completely yeah, me that. too. Completely missed that. Probably I was probably wow. pouring too many. But you made this bars. exact point, uh, Dan. You made yeah, you this did. exact point very early in the pod, where it didn't seem the sheer number of screenwriters is a red flag. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I, I did not know that genuinely until you guys said that. But upon that, it makes so much sense because they, it just the tone of the movie just shifts so drastically from scene to scene. Yeah. Yeah. And here's a. Here's our special guest here, Roger Ebert. He actually wrote this uh, when he was with us. Rest in paradise. Salute uh, to the king. Uh, the movie doesn't seem sure what tone to adapt, veering uncertainly from horror to laughs to romance. Eloquent. See? Only as he can. Roger Ebert always has his finger on the pulse of he these does. movies. Or the lack thereof. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, he doesn't no, have I, it. I... <laughs> I, th I think I think you have to if you're going to credit this movie you have to give her it does have a pulse. This movie definitely has a pulse. So the pulse is all over the place. Personality, <laughs> but it definitely has a personality. It definitely has a life to it. I, I, it is not a lifeless film. I, I think you have to give her credit for that. Pulse similar maybe to someone who's playing, uh, <laughs> shaking the dice, playing personal Yahtzee by themselves <laughs> on the couch. Huh? Kind of Very yeah. similar heart rate for sure. Yeah, I can see. It. I can see. It sort of seems the critics. 
we're entranced by the magic of this film. The the movie, it's as we we said before, it's just trying to cram too much plot, and it never is able to find a stride. Similar to Jamie Foxx in his career, um, you know, it's just trying to do too much, thinned out, as Daniel said, and it ends up stumbling over itself for almost two hours. It should really just focus in and just be an expert like me in one place, one one space. You know what I'm saying? Did you guys watch that new Jamie Foxx movie? Which one? Night Shift. It's- yeah, yeah. Day I shift. It was called Day Shift. Day shift. Yeah, I've never, I've not yeah. even heard of it. I didn't well, it's watch like, it. It's on Netflix right now. And get this, he's chasing vampires with Dave Franco. Is it good? I don't know. Is I it really good or really bad? Oh, so it looks like uh, maybe we should check it out. Future, yeah, future episode. Yeah, maybe we should check that out. Um, what did the audience think, John? I'll tell you. Our first. You know, I like to start with the good stuff. So our first friend here, Lorraine, uh, she gave this a five-star review, which hard to argue with when you read this. This film is an iconic fall watch. It's funny, spooky, and an overall delight rom-com. This is Nicole Kidman's best film, period. Sandra Bullock is perfect. Dockard Channing and Diane West play pitch-perfect magic aunties who serve midnight margaritas. If you don't like this film, your heart is cold and dead. <laughs> oh, fuck. Wow. Uh, rip. Call me uh, Jimmy Angelov, I guess. I, I do have to ask, uh, is the typo Lorraine's or, or yours, John? It's Weast. Diane Weast, not West. That is definitely – it's Lorraine's. Okay. Yeah. Welcome okay. to audience reviews, my friend. <laughs> I read them as they are. I read them as uh, they I, are. As you should. Yeah. Weast. That's like Patrick Star. Weast? I thought you said East. <laughs> I thought you said Weast. <laughs> Weast? Um, what kind of compass are you reading, lad? <laughs> this next one, Manel. See, so just to make a quick comment on that, I think the Midnight Margaritas and those moments of the film when it shines are why people love these movies. Transcends. And why maybe they're willing to overlook the plot errors and the tonal shifts just because they might, I guess, yeah, like we, they might have just a nostalgic connection to that, you know, or, or maybe a desire like, oh, I wish I was a witch and I could drink Midnight Margaritas with my witchy aunts. Right. Well, I mean, you can. You can. Join uh, Daniel on Twitch uh, next week. Midnight. Midnight Margarita Night. Uh, Might might have to unveil it. Midnight Margs. (laughs) We'll be on. We'll be special guests on the Twitch channel. Join in. Tune in. Watch us drink Margs and uh, kill Jimmy (laughs) Angeloff. This next one, uh, also a five-star. Iconic movie in the 90s. All cast did an amazing job. Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman, totally relatable as the good mother and party aunt. A little of rough with the editing on the beginning of the movie, but still watchable 20 years later. Great mix of subjects on the movie. Discrimination, domestic violence, crime, and comedy romance. As usual from movies of Sandra Bullock, the scene of Margarita Night is iconic. Still in my mind after 20 years with the song Coconut of Harry Nilsson. The trailer is full of joy. Doesn't translate the movie. The movie still has some spooky and drama. Five stars. <laughs> Tran- <laughs> like translate translates a great way to spell translate. 
<laughs> I also, you know, I found it interesting that this person gave the movie five stars because, Jose, so many of the movies we talked about in the past are anti-woke, right? We, we always get the anti-woke reviews. And this yeah, one came in hot with loving the, the conversation around, as they spell it, discrimination um and domestic violence and crime they really enjoyed the, those aspects of what, the what is this movie's take what? on crime do we think yeah or what, what, do is, what is practical magic trying to say about crime it's you saying know, that as long as you fall in love with the guy investigating you for the crime you should be okay <laughs> yeah you'll be okay and hey if you really like tequila just be careful yeah. It might kill you. That's the thing, guys. Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman are guilty of killing a man twice in this movie. Yeah. But technically really only Sandra Bullock is, technically. Yeah. That's right, yeah. yeah so Julian Julian sort of yeah. got the short end of the stick on, on also, most of the Also, crimes. technically killing, yes, but I mean pretty inarguable self-defense both times. A hundred percent. Exactly. Which is why you could have just called the cops. And, and like, and I'm not here's, here's the calling the cops, but like, you, here's the thing: they, they could have just very easily look around. This guy was assaulting us, and 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 the reason for not doing that is like they'll never believe us. Use your magic to make them believe you. <laughs> you have Jedi mind tricks. Like, why, you gonna, why are you gonna res, resurrect someone from the dead when you can just be like, yeah, just like, oh yeah, this is what happened, and use a spell and make them believe you. Mm-hmm. And, can't you fake evidence even? Like, if you needed to further the story? Uh, yeah. I, I, again, you can't think about it. I think you just you can't think about this movie in that way. You just can't, I think. No. Even though it, like, got, it, 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 forces you, it forces you to because of no, how dumb it is. All you have to worry about, is. man, is Midnight Margaritas. Yeah, <laughs> Midnight Margaritas solve everything. And if your friend's having an exorcism, just just pour, just get a bottle of tequila and lure that demon out. It'll come right out. You know what I'm saying? God, those those town women were delighted by seeing that exorcism. Even after it was over, they just It's a sleepy town. So not much happily. goes on. Yeah, not much goes on. And hey, look, like you've been married for so long, right? You can only you, you only get so much uh craziness in your life, you know. So hey, just throw an exorcism in there, spice things up a little bit. This next <laughs> one, Gimli? Our friend Gimli, I guess, uh Straight out of Lord of the Rings left us a review here. Super reviewer. Uh, who would have known? Genuinely one of the most bizarre films I've ever seen in my entire life. I am at <laughs> such a complete and total loss on practical magic. I might have genuinely thought I'd fallen asleep and dreamt half of a movie if it wasn't for the fact that I watched it with my roommate and she had the exact same nonsensical <laughs> experience as I. Two stars. Do you think Gimli's roommate is his mother? <laughs> Come on. What? Or the dragon? That's so mean. He's clearly making a great point. No, such an unnecessary shot. <laughs> My bad. At shot out Gimli. <laughs> shot out Gimli. You, you rip this man's review for your own content, and then you trash him on your own show? My bad, Gimli. Shout out, Gimli. Do you know Gimli is a is a man? We don't know. We don't know if Gimli. true. That's fair. Gim- shout out, Gimli, super reviewer. We love you, King. We love you, Queen. You're the best. This is Keep a super coming. review for what it's worth. I yeah, am. It I'm, is. I'm game with Gimli's review here. I also agree with Gimli's two star review here. This last one, a little confused about because I'm not sure if I 100 percent agree, just given the context and what happens in the movie, but. Our friend Giannis here, 
three stars. Quite girly, but okay. This is okay. Not only Giannis, Giannis A. Whoa, we're not giving out last names. Careful. Uh, I, it's just an initial. Do we think this is? <laughs> we think this is Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope. <laughs> Non-zero chance, right? <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> Giannis, if you're listening, we got you. <laughs> oh my god oh that was great I, I don't even feel like i need to wrap up i mean the audience they love the they love the midnight marks they love sandra they love nicole they love light and fun they love everything about this movie Whew. but hey let's let the people know uh how we're ranking it let's jump into our real ranking our final thoughts here we'll bring Giannis with us Right. Daniel, do you want to start us off, dude? Sure. So I, I, I say I got to give it a score out of 100, huh? Yeah. So yes. just so while you're thinking about it, score of 0 to 100 is what we do on the real ranking, 100 being the best movie you've ever seen in your life. And uh, as of recently, we've decided a 0 would be Batgirl on HBO Max, <laughs> which I've never got a chance to make it to movies. So uh, it's a 0. Well, you, I see you're both quite low. I, I think, honestly, too low. I, listen, the, 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 this movie has a lot of problems. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, I, like, the attempts at comedy are so jarring for, honestly, a couple reasons. Because, one, they're often, like, completely out of place with, like, what has, you know, preceded them in the film. And, two, they're most of the time not very funny. Like, there's just, like, weird kind of punchlines. Like, 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 we mentioned the... Uh, I hope a guy runs through her or something or like, you know, it's like, yeah, that was supposed to be a point that was just weird. Like a lot of times, like the, the one that I just fall real short. Um, and, and it is jarring at times, but there, is, there is like a charming quality about this movie. I, it, and maybe it has, it's just like a certain je ne sais quoi that you can't quite place, but there is something charming about it. Um, as, and maybe it's just like, just like appreciating how surreal the movie is, honestly. Like, there, there's something kind of enjoyable about it. Um, so I, I think I'm going to give this one, like, just a bang on 50, I think. Like, Hang in it. Yeah, it's it's not horrible. It, I have seen worse movies. Um, and, and as I said earlier, like, it definitely has a pulse. It has a, a, a life to it that I think is maybe not the life that the film creators intended for it. Which you know, it kind of goes back to all the things that we've knocked it for. But there, there is like a uniqueness to this movie that I think is is enjoyable. And and I, I, I would like to ask you guys, how did you all watch this movie? Because um, I watched it by myself, and and to me, this feels like a movie where you watch it with friends, especially if they also have some sort Absolutely. of connection to the movie. It would be honestly like a blast to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot. To I can see what people could love from this movie, and and I could see it being an enjoyable experience sitting with your friends or with a significant other, you know, and and laughing at a lot of the stuff that's happening in the movie. And there are a lot of elements, like we said, um, that are genuinely enjoyable and cool. It's got a pretty house, got Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. It's kind of spooky. It's about witches who don't need no man. 
there's magic, there's love, there's comedy, but then it's, and it's very seasonal, you know, so I can see how like you you can attach yourself to like, oh, every, you know, oh, every Halloween, me and my mom would watch this movie or something. Uh, or, or yeah, maybe you see this with your family, but um, I think the irony is that it's, it's really, it's really messy and that the feminism stuff, uh, uh, like the witches don't need any men, but the irony is that like they all really, really want men except for the ants. Um, and the logic of that is is in line with the logic of the rest of the movie. It's 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 messy. The plot's messy. The logic messing. The pa- the pacing is messy. And frankly, I don't think it's very good. Um, so I'm going to give it a 35 out of 100. Mm. Mm. Can, can I can I say uh, one one other thing? I I, I think honestly, if if had had have any of us seen this movie before we decided to watch it for this podcast? No. No, I had never even heard of this movie. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. I definitely heard of it. Um, maybe honestly, even just like flipping through like you know things to watch on whatever streaming service. But um, I I think this is this is not the kind of movie that like is ever going to score well for a like a critical eye, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and that ultimately is why the critical review is so low and the audience is so much higher. I I, I think if all three of us, if we completely changed the way we watch this film where if it wasn't with like an already critical eye, like looking out for the things to kind of pick apart about it and just kind of went in with a fun time. I think we all probably would have liked it more, honestly. Uh, It's interesting you say that. And I did, Daniel, you convinced me a little bit to increase my score, but I went into it ready to have fun. Mm. Um, And I just, I, I wanted to like this movie. But I just had no idea what was going on the entire time. I laughed a lot, but I felt kind of weird laughing. It, it was almost as if I was laughing in secondhand embarrassment. You know, <laughs> whenever you watch someone, probably like me, talk most of the time, and you're just thinking to yourself, man, what a <laughs> fucking idiot. And you're just laughing the whole time, but you're laughing at me, not with me. I felt like I was laughing at the movie the whole time. Um, and, and, to your point, Daniel, you mentioned it earlier. I'm exceptional at turning my brain off, just in general, but especially when it comes to watching movies. But I just could, I just couldn't do it. There was so I was just taken, I was taken back in because I was so confused by what was happening. It almost seemed intentional that the movie was doing that, just to keep you on your toes. Like, hey, rom com, boom, murder. Hey, we're back, boom. Jimmy Angelov, he's back. So I just. Oh, I hadn't. I couldn't stick with it. I kept thinking about it. I kept thinking I was missing something while I was watching it, and I think that really that really took me out of it. I don't think anyone putting this movie together um, could agree on anything other than let's put Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman in a room and see if this thing flies. Like maybe the writers um, meant for this to be a mess, as Jose said. Like maybe it's symbolic. You know, if I could think of anything, maybe it's symbolic when life feels like. It's a rom-com, murder mystery, coming-of-age, familial bonding, horror exorcism. Just uh, make some midnight margaritas, trash talk the boys, and just see where the night takes you. I'm going to give this movie a 33 out of 100. Boom. <laughs> and I think you I think you touched on something, though, Dan, uh, and that's um, – you're right. If we had seen this without a critical eye, uh, then – then we'd have a different take on this movie. And and at the end of the day, you have to realize that like, it doesn't really matter how any of us watch these movies because all of those experiences are valid and everyone's reviews are valid and it doesn't matter. 
um, what the critics thinks, what the audience thinks. It only matters what you think. Today, though, we happen to side with the critics <laughs> on our end. A 50 out of 100, though. And you chose the, the middle fence end. there, Dan. <laughs> no, I just – and I to me, I think like – I, I think if I had to like come off fifty, I would go a little higher than fifty. Like I maybe debated giving it fifty five, but to, to me it's just like there there are just the movie is so disjointed and just all over the place. Like there are genuinely good parts in it, right? Like there are mm-hmm. parts like genuinely fun and parts that are just so confusing that they just don't make any sense. Maybe um, we should get together, have a little watch party, watch yeah. it together, have some have some midnight marks, <laughs> midnight marks on Twitch, we'll watch it, watch party. We'll have a sleepover in the mini in the in the morning. We could have a chocolate cake for breakfast. <laughs> I don't know why Diane Weiss decided to say that line like that, but it it's going to stay weird forever. <laughs> there are a lot of choices when in this movie, you know. Oh yeah, a lot Artistic. of choices. <laughs> but let us know what you guys thought about Practical Magic. Let us know on our socials at EARC Pod. Be sure to follow Daniel and Preston at on Drafted. Uh, Daniel, what's your what's your handle? What's your Twitter handle? Uh, at Drafted Pod over on Twitter, and there you can find links to everywhere you could possibly want to listen to us. And uh, we also have merch now, so be sure to check that out too. Oh, awesome! And how do uh, awesome. how do people follow you on Twitch again? Uh, uh, dap underscore sauce on Twitch. Love it. Awesome. Yeah. Be sure to check out, uh, be sure to check all that out. Be sure to check out all of our other episodes, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you to all of those that listen to us. Jose here. Once again, you can follow me at hoser loser. John's over there at John B. Wolf. And a huge thank you to Daniel for stopping by again. Remember guys, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because everyone's a real critic. Real critic. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it, John. Well done. Thanks, John.